Hi, welcome to this brand new podcast called Take It Easy with Dr. Sean Pell. It's kind of like just chilling out, kicking back, relaxing, talking about all things health and wellness because prevention is the cure. So I'm so excited to come and join you guys on this podcast. Every week I'm going to be talking about different lifestyle medicine topics focusing on easy and practical tips to apply to your daily life to make you feel healthier and happier. Who is Dr. Sean Powell? Well, obviously that's me, the guy with the microphone. I've had over 10 years experience as a doctor and a coach working in the UK, Australia, good day mate, New Zealand, Kiora and refugee camps. Before I decided to be a doctor, I was actually working in the corporate world and I studied a degree called e-commerce and digital business. Not as sexy as it sounds, but for me that was kind of a bit boring, didn't float my boat, and I wanted to do a bit more with my life. So I became a doctor, and then I've been a doctor for around 10 years. During that time I feel that my practice as a doctor has evolved, and I was getting frustrated in some ways with conventional medicine. For example, I used to treat patients with high blood pressure, with medication, which is effective and I do use it. However, I was finding I wasn't treating the cause and the cause is the most important thing for me. And most of the time that is down to lifestyle. For example, not enough, too much salt, not enough exercise. All those things are important to address. So I use lifestyle medicine, which is an evidence-based model, which provides a holistic approach to treating and reversing sometimes chronic disease which is something I'm very passionate about. For me, I have five core principles which I look at and which we're going to discuss in all these podcasts. The first is sleep, exercise, nutrition, connection, and last but not least, relaxation, or as I like to say, taking it easy. And I love seeing the transformation in my patients. So my firm belief is prevention is the cure. So welcome to episode one entitled Stop Chasing Dreams. We are taught to chase those dreams. If we're not chasing our dreams, then we're not achieving. And the whole point of life is to make sure you chase those dreams. So I have a question here for you. What are your dreams? In the majority of cases, the dreams are quite similar. We have to own several properties, have that helicopter, have that partner, have those children, if you want children, have that amazing sports car and obviously just be a millionaire. It's pretty simple. The dreams that we tend to have are quite similar. And why is that? As a society, we are taught that when we have money and we're successful, we'll be happy. Through my years seeing patients, I've noticed that chasing dreams can cause some problems in our lives. We have to make sure we make those dreams happen. What does that involve? Sacrificing our time, sacrificing connections with people, and all this comes at a cost. And that cost actually is stress, and stress does have an impact on our lives. But who cares, right? Stress is a part of our life. If you're not stressed, you're not succeeding. According to the WHO, the Wealth Health Organization, stress has been classified as the health epidemic of the 21st century. 
the general level of worry and unhappiness in the modern world is creating an epidemic of stress. Chronic stress, to a certain extent we all have it, leads to a number of health issues, which most people aren't aware of. It can cause high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular disease, strokes, and all sorts of problems. I mean, how can stress cause Alzheimer's disease? That's pretty crazy, but it happens. And what we, what I'm tending to see is that, and society in general, are thinking they can just keep doing more and more with less and less time. We are burning the candle at both ends. And that has serious problems, as we're going to find out. The reality is that patients I see daily are literally stressing themselves to an early grave. So how do we look at it differently? Here are a few useful tips that I want to give you about how you can potentially stop chasing those dreams and start really living. The first one is don't get on the bandwagon. What I'm finding and what we're finding every day is that social media has overtaken our lives. It's how we provide and find happiness in a way. Everyone has to present a perfect image of themselves, whether it's having that perfect side profile, going to that latest bar, having that new iPhone, whatever it is, it literally is putting on us under more and more pressure to present a more perfect image of ourselves, which requires us to dig deeper and push ourselves more. We are naturally social creatures. We want to be part of groups. I mean, it's normal to have friends and be part of communities. And that tends to mean that we follow each other and follow trends. We are taught to chase our dreams and keep pushing ourselves until we achieve them. That's part of the drive of us for us to be happy. But does that lead to happiness once we achieve it? Maybe momentarily, but we always want more and more. There's a really good quote that I like from Jim Carrey, and it says, I hope every, everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of. So they will know that is not the answer. One small tip I can give you is to just be more present to your surroundings. Rather than focusing on our phone and texting someone else, why don't we actually just talk to the person next to us and spend more time with our family or friends? Another example is, again on the phone, we tend to just text people. People find it quite weird to even pick up the phone and call each other these days. But actually, the art of conversation has been lost. And it's actually great to have a conversation. You gain so much more from talking to someone than you do from a text. And the second section is entitled Stop Comparing. I was actually just going on YouTube recently and uh, an advert came up and it was saying, don't you wish you were more radiant like that person you met before? And how some people are more radiant, radiant than others and that you should be much more radiant. And I'm thinking... Wow, that means that I'm not that radiant. What's wrong with me? Even if I don't actively think about it, in a way it's in my subconscious. And if you think about the adverts, marketing executives are very smart. They know they need you to buy a product to make you feel more complete. They want to create a need inside you that you didn't even realise you had. That need makes you want to push for more, to make yourself better. I suppose they say that doctors are the worst patients, and in a way, that's true. If I, if I look at myself, I do tend to compare myself a lot to my colleagues and my peers. 
when you start a medical school, you're all friends, you're working together, and it's a great laugh. But at the same time, there's this expectation that you have to naturally compete with, with one another, and that's perfectly normal. But still, that idea of comparing and pushing ourselves is what we all naturally do. But is that necessarily healthy? When you finish medical school, you have to apply for programs, for specialties, which requires you again to compete and work against your peers and push yourself to be a better doctor, a smarter doctor. And I suppose that's become inherent into me, in me to compare myself to my family, my friends and my peers. And it's, in a way, we all do it. It's almost like an inherent aspect of ourselves that we can't get away from. But I think this aspect is rather unhealthy for all of us. And rather than comparing and looking at what's wrong with ourselves and what's right with other people, we should start thinking about how we can feel better about ourselves. So when you think about oh, what is that person doing or what is that other person doing, stop. Think, what do I need right now? Maybe when you're listening to this podcast, you think, hey, I'm a bit thirsty or I need a bit of food. Grab a glass of water. In fact, why don't you just, if you're feeling a bit lonely, just hug someone next to you, if you know them. <laughs> I mean, don't hug a random stranger, but just hug anyone that you know. And hugs are amazing. They make you feel warm and give you a great level, level of comfort. Perhaps potentially spending more time with the family, getting a massage, anything that can allow you to relax and take it a bit more easy. I even suggest to some friends and even to some patients to have a social media free day. And to be honest, it's super gratifying. Switching off your phone, not being connected to email, to anyone calling you or WhatsApp or Facebook. It's a really good thing to do and a very healthy thing. You'll find out that you would want to explore new skills or do things that you never used to do. So try it and let me know what you think. So the next tip is entitled focus. We are taught that we can be great at everything. Hey, you know, I can be an accomplished musician. I can be a great salsa dancer. I could be a great doctor. I can be an amazing painter. I can be like a Picasso. We can do everything. In fact, we have no limit to what we can do. And I always thought that was the case, but as a doctor, it's a real privilege to get to know patients. And one of the things I do is I try and understand my patients and get to know them. And I find every patient has a pearl of wisdom or has some journey that they've gone through, which is very interesting. And I remember an elderly gentleman I spoke to who seems very happy in his life. And I said to him, I was like, you know, what's the one thing, one piece of advice you'd give anyone? And he said to me, Focus on one thing that you're passionate about and become excellent at that. And he said, naturally, things will fall into place. And I took a step back. I'm like, really? I thought about it. Do you really, is it really important just to learn one skill rather than learning multiple skills? Say, for example, you want to be an expert at piano. What does that involve? That involves starting from the beginning, learning the scales, learning more complex pieces, Practicing every day, getting up in the morning and just practicing. But the more you do it, the more ingrained it becomes, the easier it becomes. And the more and more you try and do more complicated pieces. And before you know it, you could be an excellent pianist. But that takes a lot and lot of training. 
And is it really worth doing it that way? When you do something that you enjoy or are passionate about, it naturally is a stress buster. So don't play the piano if you're not going to enjoy it. Do something that you enjoy. Because what it allows you to do is to get immersed into something that is yours only. It's that little secret or that little place you can go to where no one else can touch. The subject or topic is almost unimportant. Like I said before, my biggest tip is to do only do something that's enjoyable and easy for you because you tend to be interested in it and you tend to be wanting to practice and do it more and more. And that, interestingly enough, there's a bit of a byproduct from just doing something through a focused means of practice. The principle is that the process of learning how to do one thing really well, we actually learn how to learn. What does that mean? It's actually, the term is called a meta skill. A meta skill is essentially a higher order skill that enables and empowers other skills to happen. Meta skills are skills needed to learn how to learn. They are, as I said before, higher order skills. What does that mean? Well, it helps with critical thinking, the ability to organize information, the strategy on, of building on what you've learned previously, and the belief that repeated practice can make perfect. In fact, the Eastern cultures have realized the value of this idea for a long time. Some Eastern cultures practice daily meditation and the repetition of a mantra. And these are all ways to train the mind to calm it into a steady state of focus and readiness. In Hinduism, there's a guru-disciple relationship. And in this relationship, it spans many years. And it means that the student literally lives with the teacher in order to learn, or rather absorb his expertise. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should just go to India and get a guru. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is actually, if you think about it, we all have teachers that we look up to, but we should try and focus on what interest we have and find a teacher that can teach us something which we'd be good at. And if your teacher is YouTube, that's great, or whoever it may be, but try and find something that really, really interests you, that inspires you, and that you think you will persevere with and become better at it. Life is not easy, and there are gonna be high points and low points. But when you have a skill which you're passionate about, then you have it available again and again over those years for enjoyment, for solace, or simply to center yourself when things are changing around you. So try and, try and have a focus and let me know what you think your focus would be. The last point I'm going to make is be real. Most of us look for quick fixes and so say for example we're lonely, we don't have anyone around us, our life's not complete. We should just find that ideal perfect partner and live happily ever after and that we only deserve the best. But is it really the case that when you find someone that you're truly happy? I wish it were true. There are increasing numbers of divorces and separations from previously amazing marriages. We've been taught as a, as a society that happiness is found through other people, but really happiness comes from looking within and to be real. What I'm trying to say is that when we believe that the dreams will solve our current issues, it actually creates new variations of the same problems we were having before. Maybe they were, maybe they are better problems, but sometimes they can be worse. 
For example, you can be married, have three beautiful children and have an amazing life. And then sadly something happens and you separate and then you're not able to see your children and things become a bit awkward. You can develop anxiety, depression. And I've seen it sadly with many patients. It is better to focus on the issues that are troubling us now rather than pursuing an ideal. Another example is, say you're at home living with your parents and things aren't that great and you sort of argue now and then and you're like, you know, I would just wish I could not live at home and live with my, my friends. It would be amazing. No problems, no one telling me what to do, no one telling me to do this or that. But potentially, rather than wishing and trying to get out of that situation of being away from my parents, potentially it's a way to try and focus on improving your relationship with your parents. Because by improving it, it can help strengthen your connections with your parents. And you never know what can happen. And say, for example, you left in a very uneasy situation with your parents. It won't make things any easier. And in fact, it may strain your relationship with your parents even more. So it's better to try and solve things now rather than chase a dream and think that dream will solve problems. Sometimes stepping back and not having to achieve those dreams or expectations can reduce your stress. And you can have time to really give back to your body and mind and reassess what's important and allow yourself to keep it real. So in conclusion, I'm not trying to say you need to stop chasing your dreams. What I am suggesting is perhaps we need to adjust them to the realities of our situation. And some tips that I've given you perhaps by being more present, stop comparing, focusing on one thing you're passionate about and being happy where you are and keeping it real will allow you, instead of chasing your dreams, to be more happy within. Thank you so much for listening. And just to give you a bit more feedback, you can always contact me on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Just type in Take It Easy with Dr. Sean Pal. If you want to hear any topics, feel free to hit me up on these messages down below and I would definitely love to hear from you. So stay tuned for more exciting podcasts, giving you easy tips to improve staying fit in your, both your body and your mind. Because remember, prevention is the cure. See you same time, same place. And as always, take it easy.